Today I want to talk about depression and anxiety. The gift of darkness, shining a light on depression and anxiety. Because it's uh, tough in modern society to avoid being labelled as something. Social media will always offer questionnaires on what type of person you are, personality profiling and self-esteem tests on top of this every day. Vast numbers of people get diagnosed with bipolar, ADHD and many other forms of mental health issues. And as a client told me the other day, it only takes a 15 minute telephone chat with the doctor to get diagnosed with bipolar now. And when I hear that, what really concerns me with that sort of nonsense is the impact it has on the diagnosed and where it leaves their future mindset. I mean, no doubt, sometimes it's a diagnosis of convenience where those looking to avoid living life fully are given a reason to do so and justify existing negative behaviour. Others have huge potential and the label given to them masks this and often condemns them to a life of simply coping rather than embracing what is an opportunity. No one talks about post-traumatic growth, growth through depression and anxiety, but only stress and how they shouldn't be there. For instance, I haven't read one article in the limited world of psychology that talks positively about an overreactive startle reflex. The startle reflex develops as a baby and it's an involuntary motor response that you can see a baby suddenly splaying their arms out with certain stimuli and noise. You've probably seen this yourself. Anyone that's been around a baby will see them jump and their arms splay out in front of them. And this can become extremely sensitive due to childhood trauma and stress. Yet later on, even this, if this overreaction is placed into a sporting context with a good coach, and that starter reflex is given a voice, a form of direction and a meaning, it becomes an asset and powerful stuff. So we look at coping methods, which is where we have stalled at. And once we get good at them, we consider this a form of recovery in itself. This is more a keeping symptoms at bay tactic than any real transformation. So I, I don't want to spend time today discussing symptoms of depression and anxiety because these are easy to find out and fairly known. Instead, I want to look at today what depression and anxiety actually mean. Firstly, depression and anxiety and an often accompanying feeling of a sense of meaningless in your life were meant to happen. Yes, they were meant to happen. Depression and anxiety are not about the depression and anxiety. Despite the discomfort, these are messages communicating information to you that something's not working for you and needs changing. Just like a condition such as high blood pressure will indicate an imbalance, and so does depression and anxiety. And to a certain degree, as hard as it may seem, they should be welcomed. Without these warning systems, we would never have the opportunity to, to dramatically change our lives. So what are these messages? Depression itself, no matter how dark, is attempting to guide you to the light within it, to something else and something meaningful. It's not an enemy, it's the very energy needed to change. It is something suppressed and repressed within you trying to leave.
It's an energy that needs to surface. And this is a critical point because the depression can become part of you longer than it intentionally needs to be. Or worse, it could become a lifelong identity. Which is why it's believed in modern society to be a lifelong issue. And this just simply isn't true. I know the, uh, the boxing champion, world heavyweight boxing champion Tyson Fury has spoken about his uh, battle with depression and mental health issues. And he's made that incredible comeback recently. Uh, an awe-inspiring comeback, becoming champion of the world again. But he's also spoken of how that he um, will probably have these issues all his life. And with that belief, you can be certain that anybody will. Um, I think what we need to look at is that if you overcome something, you can become stronger, you, you learn more knowledge about yourself, you become more wise, you have a deeper understanding of what got you there in the first place. So it's not a lifelong issue. And depression and anxiety are often byproducts of trauma. And we hear that word trauma a lot. People say things like, um, it sounds like a traumatic event, or it was really traumatic, but rarely, very rarely does it affect them on the level of real trauma. So what is trauma? Trauma is the inability to overcome the anxiety of an experience. The event keeps one imprisoned by fear, overwhelmed and defeated. It makes someone unable to engage in life. So trauma is not simply suffering an emotional upset such as fear, pain, grief, extreme anger and rage. Because most people can find ways to work through them and release them and return to a sense of self. But people who are traumatised, they find their lives greatly constrict more than before, remaining in intense fear after an event has passed, as an example. They become more constricted than they were before the actual experience. And because trauma is more intense than emotional stress, the opportunity for personal growth is far larger. So depression and anxiety are also coping methods for something people don't get as a child. And this is a big subject that I'll expand on later on, on another podcast, but it, it's definitely linked to a fa the fatherless catastrophe of modern society and general loveless parenting. Girls are more likely to engage in underage sex and alcohol abuse without a responsible father present. And boys will likely become more violent, join gangs and be involved in drugs. The absence of a nurturing mother will also cause huge emotional harm. And many parents cannot or just simply will not be emotionally present for their children due to their own stress. And so a cycle of lack gets repeated throughout the generations. I see this regularly every week in my own coaching. It's really important for anyone to look at this, trace their feelings back and see how it has created our present situation. Becoming free from our parents' shadows and expectations is really important work. And anxiety is often there as an attempt to control what is happening in your life. Fear creates a physical response. Many children I have coached have been made to feel inadequate, um, incomplete, and it always creates anxiety, which is the body's natural response to stress. But it can turn into an anxiety disorder that recurs over continuous feelings of being incapable or not feeling enough. 
Anxiety is a form of mind and body disconnection because the signals are confused and misunderstood. Anxiety then becomes a signal to run away from uncomfortable situations that automatically rise as a way to remove oneself from discomfort, new challenges and any change. Depression can be unexpressed anger. Anger isn't always bad. Sometimes it needs an outlet, a positive outlet. And anger needs to rise and be given a voice. For many people, getting in touch with one's anger is part of the healing process. But if it's denied or deemed wrong and shouldn't be there, it can create dark depression. The great Buddhist teacher, Jack Cornfield has written of his experiences in, of getting in touch with his own anger by spending time in solitude and angrily throwing stones in the woods, part of his healing. In my own seminars and sessions, we use punching and pads to enable people to express and release anger and, and finally get in touch with it. Because in modern society, we tend to believe that any emotion such as anger or rage or anything that we deem wrong or negative should never be expressed. And it's, it's extremely harmful belief. As long as it's expressed and released in a positive outlet and given a voice, it will always be a great healing process for the person. A depression is the rejection of the fake image we portray to society, including all of the people pleasing and attempts to adjust for everyone else, especially our parents. We spend so much time losing ourselves to people pleasing and being accepted it's no wonder this is a major cause of anxiety and depression. This creates a slow boiling anger and this anger is trying to lead you out of the stifling, constrictive life of people pleasing. Once again though, this anger and frustration is often misinterpreted. This depression and anxiety are the byproducts of judgment taken for those around us and the surrounding environment. Before this judgment is turned upon us by ourselves, we become our most potent bully, the worst bully we will ever have. Depression and anxiety can be created from what we consume and also how and why we consume it. We eat according to how we feel about ourselves. People that feel inferior often overeat and are overweight. What we consume is not just simply eating the wrong foods, Overly indulging in the media and the news can also produce fear and you become disconnected from yourself. Of course, for this to happen, you would already be vulnerable in some way. The current virus epidemic is being blamed for many people's depression and mental health issues. And yet the reality is it's just exposing what is already beneath the surface in someone. Depression and anxiety can arise from not getting enough exercise but most people use exercise in a way that only keeps depression at bay without transforming the act of exercise into potential through the movement. Once again, I'll cover this on another podcast, it's a big subject, but exercise is the most potent way to dismantle our fears and the image we have formed to fit in or gain attention. Yet the fitness industry is mostly the opposite and one that enhances the attention-seeking ego. Ultimately, this creates more vulnerability by vulnerability by feeding a problem. Depression and anxiety are locked energy, locked potential, which we are not always aware of, and sometimes not at all. 
We need a good awareness here. And people sometimes need to ask themselves, and we do it in coaching, what will they not face? What truth is being denied? What can set you free? Either way, it's there and waiting as dormant energy. And it's really important to understand that negative, uncomfortable emotions and feelings are the most powerful motivators for change. Which we miss a lot of the time because of the constant grasp and expectance for positive ones. But these negative feelings and emotions, they supply the most insight. Most of our life-changing information comes from these negative feelings. The ones we don't want to look at because it's so uncomfortable and frightening. So what I am proposing is that you become friends with the disruptive force that is anxiety and depression. Every person can awaken the crushed dreams and desires of the child inside and reclaim the power that is often lost in childhood. The past can be transcended, yet also reborn into pure potential. And right now, we are all exactly where we should be. Everything led us to where we are now. One of the biggest misconceptions about depression and anxiety is when people say, I want to be how I used to be, or back how I was. But we don't. This grasping at a past idea of happiness has led us to where we are now. If we are honest, we will see the past idea of happiness was entwined with the pain of now. There is no going back. To not, the, to not see this is to turn down a huge opportunity for personal growth. So to finish, depression and anxiety are the portal to potential, to positive change. It may very well be painful, and undoubtedly it will be, but not as painful as staying as one is. Depression and anxiety are not a condemning of someone to an everlasting dark place, which has happened solely for the unlucky. No, they're a gift to the fortunate, ripped out of a sleepwalking life and given the chance to really see. Depression and anxiety are trying to set us free. Once we see this, we have something really meaningful to embrace and explore. Thank you for listening. For more information, go to www.simonlee.online. Thank you.